good hour returns. After a lengthy layoff, Ben Ennis is here. What's up, buddy? Yo, yeah, I went yeah. away. Slap it gone. Was I was banned from the show or something? I don't know. What did I do? What did I do to be banned from the show? No, you weren't banned from the show. It was just Leafs playoff run, and we were getting tons of hockey people. And you were doing your own thing. You had your own show. That's all. Guess, that. yeah. You get banned. Yeah. No, you just say goodbye, like I, and then like yeah. on a whim, you're like, "Oh, can you do? Can you do? You know, four weeks yeah. later?" And, I, and yeah. look at me. I guess I said yes. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You came crawling back. Okay, uh, we're going to talk about Blue Jays. You and I were both at the game yesterday, and we're also going to talk about re-upping Kyle Dewis and how it makes us feel. But are you aware that another Arizona Diamondbacks pitcher hit a bird yesterday this. with I, a pitch? I, I haven't seen I haven't seen the video because I'm just getting caught up. Like yeah, because we were at the game last night. I just see the headline, and okay. I I it's yeah I, I I can't wait to see the video. Okay, so Zach Allen. Right? I I'm on record saying that the most incredible thing we'll ever see in sports, mm-hmm. and that we would never see again, is a pitcher hitting a bird and killing it with a pitch in a baseball game. And now, granted, yeah. this wasn't in a game. Okay, so uh, the the thing still stands. The bird didn't cross home plate. Zach Gallen, one of the what two best pitchers on the Arizona Diamondbacks, the best pitcher yeah. on the Arizona, him and Merrill Kelly, right? They're the two yeah. guys. He is warming up, and he throws a curveball to his long toss partner, and it hits a bird and obviously destroys the bird because his curveball is 84 miles per hour, and it picks the bird off. And it's hilarious watching the video, actually, because the broadcaster has to balance the incredible uniqueness, the throwback to Randy Johnson, all while not going too crazy about it to make sure that the bird people don't freak out that yeah, he's too people. happy that a bird died. <laughs> <You know>? mm-hmm. <laughs> it's such a good video. And then I'm looking at but it okay. Right now. Yeah, watch the video. It's and and the guy his long toss partner is just blown away. Like it's the yeah. exact same thing. Feathers everywhere just like Randy Johnson. It hits the bird and it turns into basically an evaporated bird. <laughs> Do you think we're living in a simulation because I, I now the Spurs won the draft lottery. I'm yeah. wondering if just everything's kind of on a loop and we just we're doing this thing with now different people. Like the Spurs have a seven foot center who's a once in a generation prospect who's not from this country uh, or not from the United States, uh, just like Tim Duncan. And now we've got this going on where guys are hitting birds with baseballs, and it has to be an Arizona Diamondbacks player. Like, yeah, come on. I, listen, I won't discount the possibility that we're living in a simulation, and that yeah, we, or that yeah, the, the the whole planet, the the universe is scripted, and like the the script writers yeah. like ran out of ideas. Like they're like, oh, this happened long enough ago, people won't remember, and like yeah, we want to take an extended vacation, so they're rerunning some old scripts. I will also say though, how many baseballs have been thrown without hitting a bird between Randy Johnson and Zach Gallen? quite a few right and like and 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 i guess it was just a matter of time right yeah, like you I, got, birds are pretty good I'm, at getting out of the way of things is what i really, if they can see it coming but like you can't see that coming you can't see you, you, <laughs> yeah. like they don't know that a, 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 no, a catch is session atrocious. is happening 
they, every time they throw a baseball, it's not like there's a bunch of birds that are hovering around the plate and then they scatter every time there's a pitch. No, this is incredibly unique, obviously, and this is incredibly rare. I can't believe that it happened again, but I'm just blown away that it's an Arizona Diamondbacks player. Like, was it in Arizona? Were both the birds hit in Arizona? Is this no, uh, this, thing this that- is, is in uh, Oakland. Uh, and that's the, you know what? That's the shame of it that there was, well, it was, I guess, no before they let anyone in. Actually, I can't tell. So the, the video, there's no. Nobody in the seats is like, were were the gates open and just nobody was at an Oakland A's game because nobody's ever at an Oakland A's game and understandably so because they're going to move to Las Vegas? Or was this before people were allowed? Dude, it's so sad that Oakland just lost all their teams. Mm-hmm. Just they, they took all their teams away. I'm all, I'm still sad to this day about losing the Sonics, and I didn't even live there. I can't imagine living in Oakland, losing the Raiders, losing the A's, and losing the Golden State Warriors. It is just – why doesn't that get talked about more? Well, I don't – okay. I, I've been to I've been to an Oakland A's game at that horrible ballpark. I've also yeah, been bad. to San Francisco. I mean, the, the, yeah, the, so, like, if you're a Warriors fan, what, you can't drive, like... No, a Warriors fan, you can you can traverse, but still, it's it was your thing. It was in your city. It mm-hmm. is different. It's not far enough that you're going, okay, you can... That one, you, you can haggle over a little bit, right? That one is yeah. kind of fine. But you outright lost the other two teams to Vegas, and Vegas is kind of close enough where... Well. No, no, it I mean, is. But that's it's, we're we're talking about Northern California. That is a long drive, but to, to from the Bay Area to to Las Vegas, Vegas? Nevada has got to yeah. be like ten hours. It's it's a it's a trek, but it's not far enough that you're not like outside of the geographical sphere of it. They're still going to okay. play games there, right? They're still going to, yeah. and by that I mean on television. And I guess you can get games now, no matter what. It doesn't matter where you live. But I just don't think that those fans are going to all necessarily abandon the teams. And it's hard to go to a rival, right? If you're like if you're an Oakland Raiders fan, your choice is cheer for the team that got stolen from you or go cheer for your hated, most hated interstate rivals. Like yeah, It's such idea. a horrible position to be in. Yeah. I, maybe it's just because we're in Canada and nobody cares, but I've been thinking about those Oakland fans all year long because yeah. they've got one of the best broadcasters in all of baseball, right, with Dallas Braden, mm-hmm. and he always yeah. has, he's always Mr. Positive, and he's so enthusiastic about baseball. And sometimes I'll just flip on an Oakland game late at night when I just, you know, the games are over and it's one of the only things remaining, and there's Dallas Braden with his relentless positivity watching an Oakland A's game with nobody in the stadium where they're getting pounded by 14 oh, runs and you're just yeah. like god this is dark this is this is as bleak as it gets they're literally yeah. Cleveland from the major leagues that's that's 100% what they're oh. they stripped down the team and yes. they're a joke it's bad. Yeah, it's really and, bad. And 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 Moneyball is kind of an embarrassment in retrospect as well because oh, they yeah. don't talk about like the three-headed starting pitching monster that was basically the entire engine of those good Oakland A's teams, who by the way also won nothing, playing in a horrible division. That's why they were able yeah. to make the playoffs and then kept getting pounded uh, when they got into the postseason. So yeah, it's a it's a tough run of a uh, couple of years for for all Oakland A's. Yeah, poor Oakland A's. And do you know what else doesn't live up well? Is Marshawn Lynch at that City Hall meeting where he just showed up and said, y'all lost the Warriors, y'all lost the Raiders, best not lose the A's. And those those politicians were like... You don't want yeah, Marshawn Lynch to show up to defend yeah. your franchise. Like, I, he, he might be showing up in Arizona to, like, keep the Coyotes, <laughs> maybe. And that would be, Dude, that would be the first 
indication that yeah, that that team's Man. on the move. Okay, we we really do need to get to the baseball stuff, like the Blue Jays stuff and the the local sports team. But there's two quick things. One is Josiah Bosch, Jobo, as he's better known on the show, our researcher. He found out immediately that Gallon hit the bird around 3.30, which I don't know how he, how he found that out, but good for you, Jobo. That's really good research. So the gates weren't open to the game. Uh, yeah, and that it's an eight-and-a-half-hour drive from Vegas to Oakland. So, yeah, to, that's, that's, a, yeah. that's a real haul. That's a lengthy, lengthy haul. Yeah. But, that's like Toronto to like almost New York City, right? Like yeah. I, I, I was looking at Pittsburgh is less than five hours. Cleveland is doable, but yeah, you're not like you're not driving and then driving back to to, to New York City. You're making like a weekend no. of it. No. And last thing before Blue Jays, did you see? So the the Arizona thing happens, and they go, yeah, they're not going to have an arena here. And then I go, oh, that's nice. They're going to move finally because this has been so unsuccessful. All they can point to is. Austin Matthews being a hockey player and go, he wouldn't have been one without the Arizona Coyotes. And we go, all right, I guess, like, maybe. Maybe that's true. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Mostly you guys have been there now for years and years and years and you just still have zero product that has been captured by the market. And that's why I find this kind of Florida thing to be tough about them being in the Stanley Cup Finals. And Dallas, same kind of thing. But then I woke up yesterday and I was, like, looking at these news stories and they're like, well, they are still going to play there next year, and the NHL is really hoping. And I go, are you kidding me? This this story will never die. We're, if we live to be 100 years old, we're going to be waking up to stories about people in Arizona telling the NHL they don't want hockey there, and the yeah. NHL going, we're, we're keeping hockey yeah. here, okay? Not, you can't it's Clockwork Orange where, like, yeah, their eyes are, are stapled yeah. open, forced to watch. Yeah. yeah, National Hockey League hockey. Yeah, in their state. No, it's it's it 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 won't die. It it and you know what? It could die, right? Like it's. Yeah. I know it feels late in the proceedings, but like, yeah, the the Atlanta Thrashers moved to Winnipeg before June, right? Like when that fell apart in Atlanta. Like you you could do it. Oh. You could you could you could absolutely move the Coyotes into a real. NHL facility with 20,000 seat capacity, you could do it. But there's a thing called being pot committed. Um, yeah. And then there's whatever <laughs> the NHL has done over the last 20 years with that franchise. Like, they have invested so much time, so much effort, and so much, like, um, so much equity as far as uh, credibility when it comes mm-hmm. to, to Gary Bettman, because we said this isn't going to work. And he's like, watch. You watch me. Yeah. You watch me. You <laughs> watch see. this thing work. <laughs> I know right now it looks silly playing in a five. And even the 5,000-seat arena, that's going to be kind of cool. People are going to be into it. It's going to be a college yeah. atmosphere. You see we're going to build a brand-new stadium in Tempe. It's going to be the jewel of the National Hockey League. They're so far down the line, and there are so many like sound bites of him committing, 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 committing over the last 20 years that, like, yeah, the, the his foundational core of credibility is is almost gone if they ever leave that state. They can't. Dude, no. they. I don't know what they do. I also love that Matthews was technically born in California, and now my brain is so conspiratorial that I'm like, when he was starting to come up, he probably just like vacationed in Arizona once, and Gary Bettman went to the family and was like, listen, I'll give you whatever you want. Where does he want to go? We'll rig the lottery to make sure he lands no, in Toronto. It's it. a great this city. We had just Shane say Doan he's on. from Arizona. We, we had Shane Doan on during the Leafs' uh, playoff run. Remember that? Uh, and, yeah, I, I was like, yeah, Matthew Nyes is the real Arizona guy. Like, he should be the real face of Arizona hockey, born and raised in Arizona, not like this – 
Yeah, How'd interloper. That joke go over? Aus- Austin Matthews. That joke went over well? Uh, he, he gave me a courtesy chuckle. He was like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, so we went to the Jays game yesterday, you, my brother, and I. And boy, what a ball game. First of all, why is it that we can't have the dome open when it's cold outside, but the weather is not stopping the baseball game? Like, I don't understand why people in Toronto can't have the responsibility put on them to wear a jacket. I swear that there, this was a conversation in the city that we were going to transition to having a an open-air ballpark that could close. Because I know it, it's no longer a multi-use facility, right? Like, it's a baseball. That's it. It's all the, yeah. that's all the, there's no more monster truck rallies. There's, I don't even think there's <laughs> concerts there. Like, are there there's concerts no more monster truck rallies at Rogers Center? Ever? I, I okay. have, I, the first monster truck rally I'd ever attended. I saw a truckosaurus at Skydome. Yeah. How dare you, sir? I don't think they no, do No, I'm that saying, anymore. I can't believe that tradition is done because yeah, oh, of course, yeah. It's, that's like, I, I'm surprised. I didn't, I didn't know this. This is yeah, news no, to me that the Rogers Center is purely a baseball stadium now. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, well, yeah, you can't, it, there, it's, it's built in a way that it's not like, you, it used to be that you could actually right. physically take down the outfield walls, right? Like you could yeah. reconfigure it for certain things. No, it's baseball ballpark, except that, it's not, right? Like, except that, yeah, no, it, everybody needs to be comfy cozy. And and if it dips below 15 degrees in the cool air of the, of the evening, got to gotta button that thing up. Which, by the way, it's not just, it's not comfortable. We're in no, there. No, it's not. It's, uh, like, it's stuffy and yeah. it's hot. And that was yeah. not at max capacity, understandably, for a, a, a midweek game in May. But no, it's, it's really... And, the thing that was making yesterday so cold was mostly the wind. When you open the roof and you got the big walls there, you're not feeling the wind too much. I no, mm-hmm. I, 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 I was not shocked, but like kind of embarrassed that they we're not opening the dome when it's over ten degrees. I, I even get it when the weather is not great and there's a chance of rain, and they just go, "Yeah, we're going to err on the side of caution." I can sure. live with a that. Deal. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. When it's that, but you know how there are those times where it doesn't rain and they're going, "Oh, it's still not raining." Open up the roof or open it up. That that I can understand. Yeah. This the yeah. the cold weather thing is weird to me at this point. And yeah, the stadium is so much nicer when the dome is open. I've never heard of a person that has gone to a Blue Jays game when it's been cold and gone, "Oh, good, it, the dome is closed. Now I don't have to bring a jacket. Now I don't have to bring a slightly heavier coat to the baseball." I would like game. to know, like, what is what is the the rooftop patio attendance like when when the roof is open and you're just looking at you know metal. I beams in front of you instead of the beautiful city's skyline. Yeah, I was gonna say I haven't been up that high yet. Have you? I've only gone up to the two hundreds. The highest new part you're of the scared? ballpark I've gone to is the the Snyder's porch. I've, no, I've yet you, to go like up to the I'm being serious. Are you are you scared? Yeah, I am. It's a lot. <laughs> I'm scared of finding out how out of shape I am by climbing <laughs> that high up. Because <laughs> I I I am like I've been up there. And I and I've yeah I'm I've flown airplanes before, but there's something different about being on like a railing that high, which is you know it's over my waist, but it's like I don't know there is something about you know it's something being lower than my shoulders and leaning out over it you know a hundred feet up in the air. I I wouldn't say I'm Honestly, scared of it. I would I'd say that I would not lean this. on the on the front railing. I'd never even. This hadn't even crossed my mind because I hadn't been up there for it. But I think I would be scared. I think. Yeah. I think it's scary. I was, 
I think I would be scared of that. There's, what you just said made me anxious as you were outlining it. So, yeah, I would like to say that I could have gotten away with this my whole life without saying I was scared of it because yeah. I never would have gone up well, to the 500. You wouldn't have you wouldn't have walked through that door if I hadn't been the first guy to exactly. open it, right? Exactly. Yeah. So now, now at least I'm going to be even more staunch in my position to never go up there, <laughs> to just be <laughs> down in the 100s, the flight buddy. deck, and the Schneider's porch. Those are the spots for me. Okay, so here's the question of the day, and I was kind of – tiptoeing around it with Ben Nicholson-Smith yesterday because I brought up a bunch of different things about the Blue Jays that have been underwhelming to me so far this season and some far worse than others, right? Like, what's going on with Alec Manoa right now is not comparable with me being a little frustrated with Dalton Varsho's bat that will probably normalize at some point this season, right? Like, that. Whether, even if you don't think he's going to be a great offensive player, Clearly, the Manoa thing is a huge problem for the Blue Jays, whereas that is not so much right now. But I think the way I can put this or or pose a question to you is, I think the Blue Jays are a good team. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure they have the ability to be a great team. What do you think? I think they have the top-end talent to compete with any – I mean, back to the Manoa thing. The the reason you believe they could win a World Series was because they have – MVP candidates at the top of the order, good enough depth to to get it back around to them, and Kevin mm. Kiermaier is part of that. And then a top two rotation. Kevin Kiermaier is not depth anymore. Okay, he's one of the team's most important players. <laughs> yeah. Like we we got to stop pretending this whole thing like <laughs> well, Kevin Kiermaier is a bench guy that's so great yeah. for them is no, he's honestly, their starting center fielder. I honestly, and I don't expect him to continue to do exactly what he's doing, which is like eight fifty OPS. Like I expect yeah. him to be a league average hitter, which he's been in his his whole career. Um, and I know like. He's comfortable in the nine hole, but at, at a certain point, you do need to start thinking about getting him a few more plate appearances, like him hitting maybe seventh. Honestly, like how many times would you prefer Kevin Kiermeyer to Dalton Varsho? You're not going to hit Kevin Kiermeyer fourth because that's like you're waving the white flag. Like <laughs> that, yeah, is, that's a that is that is terrifying. But yeah, I, I yeah, lineup construction is not all that important unless you're talking about how many plate appearances it gets you over the course of. A regular season. I'd like to see more Kevin Kiermaier. Anyways, to I your point like, about... Though, to close that thought, though, I kind of like it when you have a good hitter with speed at the bottom of your order sure. so that when it turns over, it feels like you have another Except guy there. you don't want the him to guy. steal bases to, to make outs on the base yeah. paths ahead of your big bats, right? But, yeah, generally, I agree with that. Uh, anyways, no, to, to your point about is this a great team, I think still the ceiling is obviously very high. Like we've seen Kevin Gossman have some blips, but he can be, he can mm-hmm. look like one of the best pitchers in baseball. The, the that top four in, in this lineup, like if if George Springer reverts to being George Springer like, yeah, can compete with anybody in baseball. I think the catchers are going to be better. I think so much of whether they can be great honestly hinges on the thing that you started this with. Is Alec Manoa like if Alec Manoa is meh? Or worse, and like he's off to a worse start than Yusei Kikuchi was in his first nine starts last season. Like just across the board, like That's Yusei shocking. Kikuchi was getting deeper into ball games more regularly than Alec Manoa has through nine starts. Alec Manoa has more walks through nine starts than Yusei Kikuchi did last season. It's been that bad for that dude. So uh, yeah, just getting him away from Yusei Kikuchi's zone would be nice, but like the idea of him. Not being an ace Cy Young award contending pitcher 
is a massive blow to this team. Like, unless you think Chris Bassett is that, because he's he's kind of also been, like, ace two on the staff, save from, yeah. like, you know, the first start and then the first inning of his second start. He's been as good as advertised and, what, has the fourth longest shutout streak in the history of the ball club. But, no, that, that that's, that's what's keeping this team from being great is having two elite starting pitchers where, like, two out of every five days, you know you probably need three, four runs to win a baseball game. So... I think it extends a lot deeper than that, and that's why I'm worried, is that to me right now, when it comes to talking about them about being potentially great, there there are too many ifs. It's it's not like one thing that is going to be holding them back from that, in, in my opinion, from watching them so far this season. The Manoa thing is the clear and obvious, they can have a great rotation and be built on their rotation, and that can be the special thing about this baseball team, if he's able to normalize. And weirdly, despite how horrific he's looked and pitched and, yeah, the fact that no one seems to know exactly what's going on, whether it's mechanical, whether it's in his head, whether it's the pitch clock, you know, it just, it's pretty troubling at this point. And it's pretty hard to figure this stuff out as you're trying to pitch against the best hitters in on the planet. <laughs> like, it's not an easy job to do. But to me, what you said there is, even in your answer, you went, if Springer normalizes. I'm going, okay, are we sure that the 33-year-old guy that has not stayed healthy over his career is going to be the, the superstar bat that we thought we were going to have basically here what, for a couple you, more years? But you think he's going to be like a 6'10 OPS guy? No, I don't, I don't think he's going to be a 6'10 OPS guy. Certainly not. But I look at those top four dudes that you mentioned, and mm -hmm. I don't agree with your assessment that they're going to be like – the most special core or one of the three most special one, two, one through fours in all of baseball. I think they're good. I, that's what I'm saying. I think the Blue Jays are good. I think that is a good one through four. After that, I go, all right, what is Varsho? Are, is Kiermaier going to stay this hot? Is Chapman going to stay that hot? We've already seen Chapman kind of cool down. I, I think that the catchers are going to play better. We've had Dan Jansen have two walk-offs in the last week, which has been nice. But I don't know if we're going to expect Alejandro Kirk to essentially be what? What did we think he was last year at some point? Well, he was, he was an all-star, but that, that yeah. was, yeah. And he was, a, yeah, yeah, he was a guy who was an over 800 OPS guy, and then you know, tail end of the season, he, he tailed off quite a bit, but was an above-average hitter. And then, yeah. yeah, the defensive stuff was actually, you know, leaned in his favor a season ago. It's a little bit different this year, although he's – He's he's caught a, a few more base dealers in recent weeks than he did to start the season. He, he, I can I can summarize this way. I should have just done it this way. The pitching staff can be great, and I think it's already borderline that, given the way that Kukushi has bounced back this season. But if Manoa can pitch well and he can find himself again, then yeah, having those three guys at the top of your order with the potential of Kukuchi and Barrios, I think that your rotation is great. That is a great rotation. I don't see the path to that for the bats. I think that they're above average. I think they're good. And then I think that the bullpen is just average. That's where I'm at with this team. I think the bullpen needs work. I think they have a great closer, honestly. And Oh, and they do. They definitely have a great closer. That's And the most important part. So good for them. Yeah. They got and the I, best and guy. I, I got a lot of time for Eric Swanson, uh, despite the mm -hmm. fact that, yeah, he was the guy that cost them the game. I know. I would say scoring three runs against the, the bullpen in a bullpen uh, game for the Blue Jays cost them that game. But, no, by yeah. and large – Eric Swanson's been great. My, And then Tim Mesa, honestly, has been pretty great as well, like, say, for game one of the season. Outside of that, like, the circle of trust is very – it's very small 
with the with yeah. the Blue Jays bullpen. So I'm with you on the bullpen needing some work. Um, but yeah, I just I look at there's there's you can't just like gloss over the the catchers reverting to form, right? Like that's that's a huge part of this team reaching its offensive ceiling is they're supposed to be built on the best offensive catching tandem in Major League Baseball. They've been one of the worst. I think they're twentieth in WRC plus amongst their catchers in baseball. This is the best hitting catcher team in all of baseball a season ago. This is also a team that hasn't hit home runs. Like they're seventeenth in in baseball in home runs, and they weren't the the best home run hitting team a season ago. They were pretty good though. They were top ten. They were seventh in baseball in homers a season ago. And I don't know if that's a ballpark thing. Of of, of course, like we ha- we don't have a large enough sample size to 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 discern um, what is happening with the new dimensions at Rogers Center. But like the idea that this was going to be some band box and and everything was going to be a, a home run at Rogers Center, I think is was always incorrect. And and could be playing into the the lack of of power across the lineup, but uh, I I think there's enough upside with the catchers. I think there's enough upside with Springer that they can be good enough. Like last season, who had a spectacular offensive season for this team, and they were still one of the best offenses in all of baseball. Can they go back to being that? But you, but I think okay. I know this is a really unfair way of putting this, but 2015, obviously the bats were great. It yes. was it was just a great great offense. I the the question here is are they good or are they great? I I agree with you. The offense is good. There's some things that are going to normalize. To me though, it's just going do we really think that Brandon Belt at some point this year we're going to be not singing his walk-up song say it ain't so and going that it's him on base like, you know. Yeah. It just yeah, he got on base a bunch, but that's the thing. No power again still. Yeah. And you're right about the bandbox thing. I think everyone expected that, especially the lefties, were just going to be yeah. crushing baseballs not out happening. of the ballpark. And that has not happened. I don't know how many Varsho has uh, at the Rogers Center. Vladdy still hasn't hit a home run at the Rogers Center, yeah. which is tough. And, yeah, Brandon Belt, same kind of thing. But I do think that will change a little bit in the summer when it starts to heat up, gets hot. And over the course of the season, I think Roger Center will be a little bit more of a bandbox. I just I don't really see the path forward where the offense is special unless those – like Alejandro Kirk turns into an all-star again. Danny Jansen turns into the guy that he's been, which I think is more realistic than he's starting to show signs of that. That you get Brandon Belt turning into a real DH that OPS is around 800 and he finds his power again. And Varsho finds himself kind of – in that range. And that just but seems you, like a lot of ifs for me. Did you think it was a great offense last season? I thought it was a, yeah, very good offense last season. A okay, very, had, very good borderline. They had break. no outstanding offensive yeah. seasons, right? Like they, the, I know that, they didn't. The, the, the way that offense was built was a bunch of guys that were above average, right? Like no glaring yeah. holes in the lineup. That that's that's the bar. This is not a hey Aaron Judge in the middle of the lineup hitting sixty home runs and everybody just you know have a, a game every once in a while to to keep us afloat. That's our our yeah. linchpin to to the offense. I I I think they can. I think they're capable of doing that. Like I don't see any mm-hmm. obvious black holes in this lineup. Well, I do. Whenever they have to go to a non regular everyday player, when well, that's I, I mean. Buddy, you want to talk about the biggest reason to be pessimistic about this team? Is they've been the healthiest team in Major League Baseball. They've spent the fewest days, they've had the fewest man games lost due to injury in Major League Baseball, and this has been the most injured season to like the first 2 months of the season. They, there have been more injuries than 
ever before in the first two months of a Major League Baseball season. Blue Jays have suffered none of them. And if you expect them to go in a, an entire six-month stretch without some rash of injuries that, that really hobble this team, you're wrong. And even as, as fully healthy and completely intact, there are glaring weaknesses at the the bottom of the active roster. Like, imagine yeah. dipping into AAA right now and Drew Hutchison is making a start. Thomas Hatch is on the team. Like, he's there yeah. in the bullpen right now. Nathan yeah, but Lucas. I liked him in the bullpen. I, is he back? Is Hatch back? Yeah, I, Are we going to – is the Hatch back? I, I mean, if, if Hatch is in a baseball game, you, it's a bad Not scenario. Good. Yeah. Totally <laughs> I, I don't think totally anybody's – Or really good. Least, really, really, yeah. really good. Yeah, I mean, in 2020, he was kind of like the the – the best part of that Blue Jays bullpen um, outside of Jordan Romano. But, uh, yeah, no, the, he's uh, – I, I don't have high expectations for Thomas Hatch. Um, I'd like to see Nathan Lucas get the next start that Kevin Biggio was supposed to start in a corner yeah. outfield spot. I don't know what, what Kevin Biggio needs to do to lose his uh, stranglehold on that, like, once-a-week starting job the, that Nathan Lucas can't take it from him. But yeah, that's, that's what we're talking about. We're talking I think about that's those actually pretty being... telling, though, that the depth of this team, that's the signifier is, you know, war, there's wins above replacement. It's like the Jays have wins above Kevin Biggio, and there's no yeah. one that can do that. There's not a yeah. single wins above Kevin Biggio guy in the organization. I don't know what we need to see from Lukes or Lucas or however you're supposed to. I, he's played so few games that I still don't know if it's Lukes or Lucas. I, I yeah. keep getting confused. Your guy, Addison Barger, I don't really think is a thing. No, everybody's hurt. off to a horrible start, and he's hurt yeah. now. But, yeah, no, every yeah. that, that's the thing. Like, even Otto Lopez, uh, he's he's been worse than awful. He's, like, got an OPS yeah. of, what like, 450 or something. No, everybody's, everybody's bad. And then the good guy, he's also hurt, uh, Ricky Tiedemann, who I think, you know, man yeah. – I, I, I get like I'm of two minds with the Ricky Tiedemann thing too. Like one is that he's you know his his development's been uh, slowed down. That yeah maybe you don't expect him in the major leagues. The other is oh yeah it, that's this is what happens when you throw 100 miles an hour. Let's get him up to the major leagues as soon as possible. I don't I don't think it's so much that he throws 100 miles per hour. From the way it's been explained to me over and over again by all the top prospect guys that I've had on the pod, they it's about the way he throws the baseball, not how hard he throws it with his arm. And just yeah. His his arm slot is the thing that they really worry about. They compared it to Patrick Cor. I've I've heard it compared to Patrick Corbin. Um, but anyway, um, all right. I think that's enough. I'm try- I'm not again. I'm not trying to be negative about the Blue Jays. I, I think they're a really good team. I just I, I and maybe this is my Leaf stuff bleeding into the way that I'm viewing the Jays. Just to me, I, I guess I've been thinking a lot about you know windows and timelines and when you capitalize on great players. And I, I think that we both agree that. Vladdy and Bo were the two crown jewels of this organization, and a lot of this was predicated around building the right team around them. And I, I just I wonder if we've seen the best versions of the Jays already pass, and whether they're going to be able to build a great team around them. And like, yeah, some of the things they've just missed, and you you even look at next off season in terms of some of the decisions they're going to have to make. It's tough. The, the timeline here for those guys is shifting. Anyways, let's talk about those timelines, and yeah, the the Leafs. Bringing back Dubas, everyone now seems to be consensus. It makes sense, and I don't know how to feel about that. Quick break. We'll return with Good Hour. Sportsnet 590, The Fan. All right, Good Hour continues. Subscribe to this podcast. Share it. Always love when people reach out. And speaking of reaching out, you, Benny, rode my best bet yesterday. 
the under, and then we live bet one of the great hits that we both had on Batano yesterday. Holy cow. We live bet the over at two and a half at a plus number because it was getting late in the ballgame. It was scoreless, and we thought – it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, we had the profits from my under first – five innings, four and a half, which was basically the most effortless win that you can ever have. Again, a complete no sweater. I need to get one that's a little sweatier, and so my pick today is going to involve that. Because you're aware of how many of these I've been just winning, right? Like, it should be national news. You should be talking about it on your show. See, this is rude. This is what I'm saying. It should be be the biggest story at the company. I've Well, I haven't lost this week. I only lost once last week. Same with the week before that. So, yeah, I think, yeah, there's over the last three weeks of shows, we have two misses. Well, so, at a certain point, is there not like a, a little voice in the back of your head that's like, wait, why aren't, why aren't I taking my talents to Las Vegas like full time? Like, why aren't well, I, I mean, why isn't that I'm, just my job? Buddy, th- this is what's hilarious is, you know, we promote Botano Sportsbook and they must be thrilled with the coverage and that so many people, man, it really is a phenomenal book. I know you're using it now too. And, yeah. I, but they've got to be going, you're killing us here, kid. Can you yeah. miss once? And I go, no, because I'm for the people. And they know that. They knew this when they got in bed with me. And that's the thing is I'll always be for the people. I will always provide the winners, winners, winners. Anyways, reach out anytime. Okay, so um, Dubas. Uh, it just kind of ended. The, like the season ends and all of a sudden it becomes very clear that Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner basically hold all the – King or the keys to the kingdom with the Toronto Maple Leafs. They're in full control a month from now. They get a no-move clauses that kick in, and both guys want to be here. Both guys want a lot of money. Both guys like playing with each other. And so the search for a new general manager is not one that can take time. It's one that has to be expedited so that they can answer some of these questions pretty quickly. And Kyle Dubas, I think, is a good GM, and most of us agree that he is. He's somebody who has made huge mistakes but he's gotten better over his course as general manager. But it it keeps feeling so weird to me that the Leafs might re-up this guy after the do-or-die season ended in another embarrassment and that he's the guy who helped build this culture and that really the only questions we seem to be having are how much of a raise does he get when it comes to power and money? I, I can't tell if this is just me being someone who wants a pound of flesh versus my rational brain. And those two things seem to be at real odds with one another when I'm trying to have the conversation about what the hell should happen with Dubas here. But yeah, I I don't know. It just, this is a very, very odd thing to me where a guy had another failure and has had five seasons with one playoff round win. And by the way, five seasons of embarrassing exits, essentially. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. he's being rewarded. I I don't know why I feel this way. Okay, I'm trying to flesh this out. So, but okay, I'm going to help you. But I need to. I need more information about how you feel okay. because, like, are you saying that you shouldn't return, right? Because I, my, all I, along, even no. during the course of the season, as the Lane Duck GM, and yeah, yeah, this was always a possibility, or going out in the first round was always a possibility. I, I thought the process was sound. I thought he did an yeah. incredible job at the deadline. I thought he did Same. as well as he could have done, and and I would have. Blue another goaltender though. Extending him either way at that point. So like my mind hasn't changed, right? Like mm-hmm. so has your like where are you? Do you would uh, do you want a pound of flesh? Do you do you think he's done a bad job? Like do you want him gone? Okay, so 
here's here's where I'm at with it. It's this uh, you, you got to follow me down like a psycho's trail here, okay? <laughs> Had they just extended him, I I wouldn't have been calling for his job. Like yeah. I wouldn't have been. I would have said, right. yeah, it's fine. He's a good general manager and let him see it through another year, right? If he only had one or two more years left on the deal. I think what I've come to realize is I don't ever want to see a lame duck GM again in my lifetime that this strategy is so oh. stupid. Like yeah. that you, hit it, <laughs> you could. You hit it. You absolutely hit on it. And I, I mean, depending, like uh, Nick Kiprios had the report that they were like trying to extend him during the season and he gave yeah. him the Heisman expecting this potential of, of like, yeah, being in demand and his price tag going up and like maybe was insulted by the offer that he received during the course of the season. That was, I don't think he's you're hundred percent right though. That was, yeah. that, that was the swing and a miss. Whoever's yeah. making that decision who thought that it was like, Hey, we're playing hardball. You're, you're not getting a contract extension. We want results. Dang it. And like they got all the puck luck in a in a in a six game series win, and they get the the, the series victory. That's that yeah. that still counts. I, I, but yeah, it was once every not twenty a dominating years. Our local game. hockey team will win a playoff round. Okay, so nobody tells us we can't have that in our. No, I, yeah. I get what you're saying, but and but even yeah, if they no, did that, try like to that them. was the bar for this 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 group. Like, yeah, what mm-hmm. or or what was the bar? What was the bar yeah. for this group to say no, no, thank you. Uh, okay, so that's that's my thing. Even if they were trying to extend him like that, and he played the leverage game, I feel like both sides ended up in a in a stupid spot because they didn't get this done last off season. That they should have just gone in and at least handed him, like, do essentially the franchise tag with this guy, where you go, hey, we're gonna give you what? Hey, maybe we fire you, and maybe you have a job to stay, but you get an extra year of pay. Like, what what's wrong with that? Having at least a one or two year extension, and that's where I'm at with this. Giving him some type of a mega deal right now where he gets more power and more money at a point where, what? So if the Leafs fail spectacularly under Dubas next year, you're just fine with him being the general manager again? Like, what happens if Dubas doesn't make a move of consequence? And so, also, why would he have to if he's the general manager who has more power? Why would they go, okay, so we want you want more money? Okay, we'll give that to you. Okay, you want more power? We'll give that to you. All right, you definitely have to fire your coach though you definitely have to trade Mitch Martin like none of that's going to work he's not going to the whole play is well, that's, he wants that's, to have that, more that, autonomy yeah and what you just described is like the nightmare scenario in pro sports where ownership starts dictating terms right it's like here's what has to happen of course like we all think that one of the core four pieces should be traded and I, I think that's a reasonable thing for Kyle Dubas a, a reasonable conclusion for him to come to at this point but the idea that Hey, yeah, you can come back. We'll sign you to a ten-year contract extension to be the general manager. <sighs> you've got to fire your coach. You got to trade Mitch Marner. Like that's that is the, no, the that's that's worse than like than yeah a brand new GM who has to decide the biggest decisions in the history of the franchise in a matter of like two months. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's just such a. I it's hilarious to me that somehow the bo- they they keep finding a bottom. Right, like they win the playoff round and then they get embarrassed. They don't win. They win one game at home over the course of the two rounds. They get completely just no-show performances in a round against Florida. But then the season ends and you go, "All right, this should be interesting. The Leafs are going to make a lot of moves and who's going to be the new GM?" And then they go, "Actually, 
they really kind of have to give it to Dubas or else it's going to be a complete zoo. And the players have all the – they have even – you know those players that you thought had the most power? They actually have even more power. They've got these clauses that no one has been talking about for years that kick in yeah. uh, now. Uh, they actually yeah. kick in today, like right now, this very minute. And if this isn't figured out, you're basically hooped and you're back to the exact same thing as you saw last year. And I keep coming back to – Okay, and I know, whatever, this is not the priority of the concern, but I keep thinking about the fans having to watch the Leafs next year with everyone back, like Marner, Matthews, Nylander, Dubas, (laughs) Keefe, and I I can't get over, or just even a new head coach, like that really is going to be the big differentiator in all of this? Like, no, like, yeah. I I, I did take a couple of things away from the Dubas presser, right? Like he did... I know he didn't say it explicitly, but it was a different tone with him, like talking about the path and like, hey, like there's a thing about being loyal and then there's a thing about, yeah, being immovable. I'm also like, call me a sucker if you want and uh, an old softie, but I truly, I buy the family thing, like that that was a part of it. And that like, because if it was a leverage thing, why wouldn't you leave all your options open? Why wouldn't you be talking to the Penguins? Why wouldn't you be... Investigating the senators, like why, yeah. why, why wouldn't you open that Pandora's box? First of all, you are such a sucker for, uh, like, for anyone to feel sympathy for a guy who was handed the one of the coolest jobs in North America in his early thirties because it was taxing because he wants to win and it was hard for his young family. You you yeah. got to give your head a shake. Two is that of course it was a negotiation tactic, and you know why it happened is because I'm not sure there are all these other jobs out there for him. This was always the thing I was talking about that it's there's not a bunch of jobs. This is not. The, what it was the, the oh I'll just go to the job fair if I get a job off the job tree like he's not he's not that in demand and there aren't that many openings and so Pittsburgh was always there Pittsburgh was always there and I think it's kind of being what whispered anyways that Pittsburgh wasn't there for him anymore that they weren't going to give him everything he wanted and so yeah the play was what most of us have to do in our jobs when we're not wanted somewhere else, which is go, well, I'll just quit then. <laughs> and that's his only move. That's what he played. And so good for him. He played that card. But anyway, the tone thing, too, I disagree with because that's what every general manager says. And as they should, they no, always say everything's on the table, right? the same deal. Okay, no, whatever. No, it's no, a slight, no, but it's... slight adjustment to the same words, bro. No, to me, I heard something totally different. That it wasn't, hey, I'm going to trade one of these losers. It was, but it was like something of along the lines of, hey, I'd be open to trading one of these losers. Like that's that's kind of what I heard. Also, and if we're talking about haggling, like, hey, you know that I'm the guy that gave these losers everything before they lost all the time, and I created this loser culture. But I should trust you. Should trust me when I say, bring me back, and I'll change all the losing. We get to play the results on that one, but yeah. Who, who wouldn't have banked That's on... That's what we do in this. That's I know, life. but who wouldn't... I, yes. I, I, we, I think more than a few of us would have pulled the plug a little bit earlier than now, but who wouldn't have initially signed up for those four dudes? Anyways. No, and, and if we're back to haggling over dollars and cents between him and MLSE, like, there's no cap, obviously, on executive salaries, and, and we're also not talking in the realm of, like, double-digit millions of dollars, right? Like, what? So he wants... Five million? They're offering him three? Like really? Like that? That is? I don't know. That is I, what I we're no we're having this all about. Like that's why I buy the. That's part of the reason I buy the family thing too. No, I don't. I don't think it's that whatsoever. All I think it is is, it's about power within the organization. It's probably about term, and of course it's going to be about money. But 
that's probably the thing that they would change the most. The thing is, though, you gotta think, man, they uh, that MLSE just let Nick Nurse go. That's some money that they had to pay out. They're what mm-hmm. still paying Babcock, right? Like Babcock, <laughs> yeah. they gave all that yeah. money to five million a year. They still are a business. Probably doesn't feel like they have to know that that the Dubas firing would be on the table with another embarrassing exit in the, a year later, and that they could be paying out all that money. I don't think it's about what he earns per season. I think it's probably about the potential of what he could earn overall on a deal that could ultimately end up being one year. They're in a tricky spot with it. They basically should. The, the best thing they for everybody up. would be if he's a lame duck GM again. Because he had his best season as a lame duck. I like how this started with, I'm like, the dumbest thing you can do is have a lame duck GM. But now well, I'm like, the best thing. well, it's the best thing for this scenario. But they built yeah, themselves this Kirk poo castle it. that they're like, yeah. you know, have to keep stacking poo on top. Like, they don't know what else to do. It's, 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 <laughs> they don't know what else to do. It's just faulty. You know when I, I, there's like a building that has faulty wiring and they've got like the electrician that only knows how to yes. like, he's like, oh, I'll go in here and I got to connect these two things to make this work. That's what this is. That's what they've got going for them. He's the only electrician that knows how to not burn the house down. I'm just trying to envision what the conversation was at the conclusion of last year and what to do with Kyle Dubas and his contract. And it was a, hey, like he's done, a, I, I guess, you know, there's, you can argue that he's done a good job, but we need to see results. Can we hand this guy an extension at this point? We got to see, you know, let's see him win around. Like, was it literally as, as explicit as that? Like, and it, we just know so little about who's even making that decision, right? At the very top of the pile with the, the way MLSE is structured. And, and and then this potential extension that was offered to him during the season, it's just like the workflow on this is just super head-scratching. And, and just yeah. what the goals were, how they envisioned this going, that there was going to be some clean divorce. Like the Leafs lose in the first round again to Tampa, that they don't have to pay Kyle Dubas be, because he's out of term and it's like a firing and then they can start from scratch with an executive again like that even that scene and with still the same no, questions existing around austin matthews mitch marner william yeah. nylander and the time frame like you would have had to get like those would have still existed if there was more hell to pay for this organization like if they had gone out again in the first round like say they had gotten swept by the lightning those questions still existed and you needed a new gm at that point too yeah yeah and it doesn't look like they had an internal option that they were just immediately ready to turn to in Pridham. Yeah. Like, it doesn't, for whatever reason, it just doesn't seem as though he appears to be, uh, I, I don't know, maybe an insider knows better and that he actually is. I but thought he was, no, I, he was, the, 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 the Flames were no, inquiring. No, he is, but what, yeah, but what I'm saying is, is that the fact that the Flames are inquiring, and it could end up being like the Avalanche inquired about Dubas and he ends up becoming yes. the guy. But I just I haven't heard anybody say that. Well, if Dubis is gone, then they'll promote Pridham. I just I haven't heard that one yet. Other than from media guys who go, "Isn't this dude yeah. one of the most important guys in all of hockey?" Because he essentially helped write the salary cap, and he's the guy that's helped them dance around every single you know cap manipulation that they've had over these last couple of years. Anyways, I, I'm very curious to see how it plays out. But it's just it's incredible that after another embarrassing playoff exit despite the first round win there really seems to be a plausible scenario where just everybody is back except for maybe Sheldon Keefe as though that would you know the least impactful guy returning is just so beyond strange anyways it's time for best bets 
brought to you by Botano Sportsbook, the 2022 Global Sports Betting Operator of the Year. Again, my favorite book, the only one I ever use. Reach out if you want to check it out. Been getting a lot of great testimonials from people lately because, yeah, I told you, like, I'm for the people, and this book is absolutely that. Tons of offers. So, uh, yeah, again, hit yesterday. So we're we're riding the perfect week. I've said all along I'm not afraid to talk about it because – I just think when you're me and you're the best, I don't know, sports better on planet Earth, you don't really fear saying it to people. Like you just go in head first and you just keep winning. Uh, Austin Reeves, I had last earlier this week to hit over one and a half threes. I, I thought about running that back because it's still sitting there at one and a half. The problem is, is it's minus 154. And so it's a little bit too much juice for that. I like throwing that in the same game parlay. Uh, which, yeah, uh, I, I probably will. But I'm going to go with Jokic's assists. I like Nikolai Jokic over 9.5 assists in this game. He's been just pumping out the triple-doubles to the point where the book now has him. Ben, you want to guess what a Jokic triple-double is Oof. in terms of the line? I it, I was going to say even odds, but it must be but it minus is. money. It is. It's minus 110. Holy cow. Minus 110 for a triple-double <laughs> in a playoff game against LeBron James. So the reason why I think that he's going to rack up the assist tonight is, well, one, he's just, you know, the best passer on planet Earth. But the second thing is just what the Lakers seem to try to do to Jokic in the fourth quarter of that game and why they were able to get back into it is they pushed him away from the basket with Rui Hachimura. And, yeah, they weren't letting him post up and catch it as deep and not in his same comfortable spots. I think Jokic will have an adjustment to that, but I think it's going to come with some dimes. And so... Yeah, I just like Jokic to early on start to pick apart the Lakers and force them to adjust rather than the other way around. That is your best bet. Brought to you by Botano Sportsbook. The game starts now. You got any picks for, like, you got any lean towards tonight's basketball game? I kind of think Denver's going to smoke them. Really? I mean, they were Mm -hmm. smoking them for three quarters of game one, and then, yeah, Jokic couldn't score until, like, the final two minutes. And you do wonder if those defensive adjustments that you talked about with, like, yeah, Anthony Davis just hanging around by the the basket, whether that's, like, something sustainable. I don't – I think think the Lakers take this game. I think they they were encouraged enough by that second half after being so discouraged. Like, they were down, what were they down, 20 points at halftime, or at least parts of, like, I think they were down by as many as 20. Oh, the game was over. It was 19 at half, I think. You're right. I I just, I'm not going to bet against Denver at home where they've been so unstoppable. And to me, what, what is really cool about this matchup is that you've got these two brilliant offensive minds who now got, well, just brilliant basketball minds with LeBron and Jokic who get to go back and make those adjustments. And it's basically like a great quarterback battle where you get to see the second half in game two already. Anyway, we got to run. Please subscribe to the podcast. Leave five stars. Hit me up anytime at JD Bunkus, at Sportsnet Ben. Uh, Thanks for coming on today, buddy. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.